Holy crap baskets, it's time for another episode of Cosmic Crit, and it is I, Ty, here to welcome you once again into the glorious world of sci-fi and wonder. Boy, am I happy that it is time for the next episode. We had a really wonderful time talking with the author of book three, Amanda, and we had a wonderful time kind of going over all you guys' questions and recapping the whole podcast. It really made me think about everything that we've been through. I can't believe we haven't died. I'll say that over and over again. And it's just been so much fun. It really has been a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. I've probably, I mean, know for me and probably for all of us, I never expected this to be so successful. I never expected so many people to be passionate about and interested in our little gaming session. And I am constantly reminded every week about how cool you guys are and how awesome it is to be a part of this little podcast family and little Crittermander family. We just had some awesome new art uh, that I think showed up on the fan discord. Uh, please go there and check it out. Uh, it was of Alindra and Andis. So a massive shout out to Art Jitsu. For that, they look so amazing. I'm so unbelievably jealous of them. We saw them actually right before we went on with the podcast and we all just kind of stopped and went, oh, wow, this is way cooler than anything we've ever deserved. So thanks again for that. Let's wrap up some quick business and then get on to the episode. Last week, we announced our Cosmic Critter Starfinder Society League. We're calling on all the fans, every fan. Uh, to come and play Starfinder Society, as well as GMs that want to meet new players. If you want to play Starfinder with the cast and crew and Paizo's organized play setting, hey, just join our fan Discord channel. We talk about it every week. We're going to talk about it again because it is where we are interacting with everybody and having a lot of fun. There is a link in the description of this episode and uh, talk to the moderator about playing SFS. If you want to GM and run new players and fans uh, of the show through Starfinder Society scenarios, just email us at cosmiccrit at gmail.com for some information about your gaming philosophy and why you want to become a Crittermender captain. Our GMs will earn Starfinder swag and Cosmic Crit merch. Space is limited. Join today. That is all I have for you. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to episode 38, Aeon Nemesis Evangelion. Last time on Cosmic Crypt. With Zero Vesh vanquished, Remy finally gains some semblance of peace by extracting vengeance for the terror she has wrought on both his family and people. Following a hunch, Remy manages to reunite with a specter from his past. The crew gets into a boss fight in Skullcap Gorge. Zero holds Remy hostage with a glorified remote control. It's just Vera and some nobody oh this is gonna be easy oh no oh no now we're surrounded by bone troopers get them all of them oh so it turns out that nobody was harvey and repender so that's harvey and repender andis is dying but really aren't we all we made it to level seven episode commencing in three two one Episode initiated. It's time to cut some corners in the CIC as we're on the run and gun hunting Cylons in this week's episode of Battlestar Cosmic Crit. Good evening, everyone. My name is Patrick, and I'm your GM here, your Galactica Major, and 
We're here this week to divine which of my five friends and so-called players is really a Cylon agent in disguise. Here's a hint. They're all Cylon agents. I'm going to try and kill all of them. (laughs) What a twist. To my left, it's Mr. Escalante trying to teach all the high schoolers calculus, but this time in space. It's Drew playing Nax Zizrak. Frack! I mean, Pronk! <laughs> to his left, the double-brained, double-agent scientist who gets to have Trisha Helfer as a devil on their shoulder. It's Jabert playing Andis 147. So say we all, Patrick. So say we all. Across the digital table, he thinks of himself as an East pilot like Apollo, but we all know he's a true hot dog. It's Miles playing Raimi. Good evening. <laughs> to his left. Uh, smoke him if you got him, because she's about to go Starbuck wild. It's Rebecca playing Alindra Vallis. Hello. And finally, to my right, the ultimate form of acting career security means that if you kill his character, he just comes back as a clone or something. It's Tyler playing Edros Veronis. By your command, Patrick. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? Going classic Battlestar, Tyler. I appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. Bitty, bitty, bitty. That was Battlestar. Close enough (laughs) for for government work. I'm, I'm really happy to be back here playing some Starfinder with you guys. Me too. We had a a little, a short break between books three and four. We were ready to start book four, the ruined clouds. Are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to get to get out of the packed worlds and into the unknown. Yeah. I don't know, Patrick. I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. Do you mind if we wait a week or two? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just have some more Eoxine adventures. All right, there's <laughs> yeah, three elephants. Great, <laughs> the elephants. They're they're swarming around you. <laughs> oh. oh gosh! Everyone make three fortitude saves. Oh, get out of here! Um, I was uh, I was thinking about opening up an Elicoth circus and training them. Everybody knows that Elkoffs don't know how to fly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, last time, let's let's talk about it. We we have to handle some business up front in this week's episode. We do every five to six episodes or so, which is you all got to level seven at the end of the last episode. Oh, and Elves' tradition, uh, if you survive another level we go around the table we hear uh from each of you just a little taste of what happens to your character at this level whether you get a feat or some ability or just something that you picked up and since we so often do not start on his end of the table how about we check in with our resident vesk and soldier the big old tank at a tank that is Adros and Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Hey, I. This was a great level for me. Ooh. I was last super one not happy. so much, but this one. Yeah, I mean, the last level was a little. I mean, I got some cool. Well, I mean, I did. I did get some cool stuff. The new you made it pretty awesome. <laughs> But uh, we had a lot of uh, credits to burn. So I was able to do quite a bit in terms of purchases. But level-wise, um, I got a gear boost, which is something I don't get very often. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, the, gear boost I- the gear boost that I took was, pl- uh, I think it's called Plasma Expert. And basically what it means is that if I'm using a plasma weapon and I roll a 19 on the dice, I get to apply burn damage to my target. So even if I don't get a crit, I uh-huh. still get to apply some extra damage. So I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, to come to go with that, I bought a plasma doshko, which I learned that the plasma weapons were actually named after followers of Saren Ray. So I thought that was a 
cool connection as well. Yeah, really cool. But it's also pretty neat that yeah, you you don't even have to to crit if you roll a nineteen, they they get the the burn damage or yep, pretty, absolutely. Pretty and uh, you already mentioned me being tanky tanky, and we do get a feat at level seven. So being ultimately boring, I took enhanced resistance again. But I feel like it's been a good running joke about how much Edros hates acid at this point. So I took acid resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, you've all the acid pools in the AP are already behind you. But yeah, I don't like, believe you for a like next I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm furiously erasing in my notes. You can't tell right now. It's like, <laughs> no more right. So that's Adros. Next, I feel like she is also starting to pop like crazy, probably at level seven. Rebecca, can you tell us what's happening in Solarian land? Yeah, a lot of stuff happened this level. Um, I, I got some cool um, stuff that I bought, but for Solarians, they get a very special ability at level seven, which is flashing strikes. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited about this because it means that when I do a full attack, instead of taking a negative four to each attack roll, I only take negative three. And if I'm flanking and have get em, then that basically makes it a plus one to each of those attack rolls. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. <laughs> but, but guys, Solarians are, are just garbage. They can't do damage. They're just, oh man, come on. <laughs> Your internet I'm... is wrong. Internet is lying to you. <laughs> Larians I'm are awesome. really afraid of, of what's going to be happening. You also you upgraded your your gluon crystal, correct? Yeah, I, I got a photon crystal um, miner. Yeah, it's pretty. So it's pretty sick. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you're, it's three d six on each attack roll, right? I think it's two d six. Well, no, but the crystal adds an additional d six. Oh, right, right, so yeah, you're, yeah, you're rolling yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, plus yeah. Plus your crazy strength. Plus... Strength mod of five, a bab of seven. <laughs> so she's got quite a lot of damage headed your way, Patrick. Pain time. Uh, mid-pack, we have our mechanic and de facto doctor aboard the Drift Rider. And this 147, what's new in their world, Jabert? Oh, man. This was sort of a... as. As with our other two compatriots here, it was sort of a big level for mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, picked up a brand new ability called Miracle Worker, which nice. is basically I can take a move action to do one of three things. I can add a plus two enhancement bonus to my armor's uh, EAC and KAC, or a plus two enhancement bonus to my weapon's attack and damage rolls, or I can restore number of hit points to a starship based on the, the base frame increment of the ship, mm-hmm. just sort of like just as a move action. Right. So it's it's sort of it's sort of useful in a lot of ways. But other than that, got a feat, got a it is, got an upgrade, got uh, just got real a quick pack. It was fun. Miracle Worker. It's it's like a once per day thing right now, right? Yeah, this level it's once per day, but, but as you it sort lasts. of increase in level, it uh, you get it more times per day. It lasts one minute. Right. So, so I mean, most fights. It would, it would, it would last the majority of the fight, if not the entirety. Uh, so, but it's still, it's one of those things that, like, you turn on, and you're you're like hyper clocking your exocortex, like putting you through the paces to get the job done. I like it. I like that a yeah, lot. I like that a lot. I'm really excited to use it. Cool. And let's see. Let's check in on the magic side of life with Ramy Quindar and Miles. Yeah, so level seven isn't on a whole super super exciting for the Technomancer. What are you I do, talking about? 
Will you, level, you, level you, three, will you let me finish my two? sentence? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, not- I was just so offended for a second. <laughs> Don't you downplay it at all. Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I get two level three spells, which are super, super dope. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I, as far as like, you know, my, my stats and stuff, like I, I did some padding. I, I picked up some armor from, uh, from from some loot we got on Eox. And I, uh, I had been collecting money because I hadn't spent any since I think Absalom Station thereabouts. Uh, so I had like 14,000 credits and bought myself a X-Gen dance gun mm. that does 2d12 damage. But my... Nice going down the heavy weapons route. Yeah, I, I took uh, heavy arms proficiency uh, this level. Ooh, boy. Um, since I already had small and long arms. So mm-hmm. my spells, Arcing Surge, which deals 10d6 electricity damage in a 120-foot line, which means that no one can be in the way. It, it fires in a, a direct line. So, uh, And I believe it fires any line that my square can kind of go in. Um, yeah, it's like, I think, from any corner. Um, yeah, from, from any know. corner. But, like, say, uh, you know, if someone's uh, tanking, if they're in front of me, uh, they would take the damage if, if I had cast that. Get out the way, Adros. Uh, alongside that, I also took Explosive Blast, which is, uh, <laughs> it fires basically a, a supercharged battery, and it deals 96 fire damage to creatures in a 20-foot radius. It's funny that you're, you're explaining it so much, and like everyone out there that plays Pathfinder is like, oh, it's Fireball. You're, you just throw a Fireball. <laughs> well, I've never played Pathfinder, so... <laughs> you have, just not as a fun wizard before. So pretty much a, a nothing level for Technomancers, is that right, Mike? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nothing going on with her. Oh boy, I am shaking and a quaking in my GM boots. But we're not done yet. Uh, certainly, last but not least, where there's money to be made in the sun or in the shade, you'll find Knack Feldspar. Drew, what happened with our, our favorite envoy this yeah, level? Yeah, so level seven on the surface doesn't seem like it's that huge for envoys either. But uh, mm. you get an expertise talent, which. Uh, it, the last time we got an expertise talent, I got Cultural Savant, which lets me just take 20 on culture checks, which has t- come in super handy. But from where we are in the game right now, none of the other like class ability uh, and skill ability uh, expertise talents seemed that interesting for where we are today. Mm-hmm. So I have instead taken uh, what's called additional expertise, meaning I can just use my expertise die on something early. So I have uh, now have the expertise die on diplomacy as well as the other things that I have it on. So I can <laughs> and I have a plus uh, 16 to diplomacy. So I could basically just I could roll a 1 and still roll above a 20 uh, for a diplo check which I'm very very excited about. Okay. That's pretty good actually. <laughs> oh my God. Not gonna lie. I, 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 I did not know additional skill expertise was a thing. I thought you were tied into what you already had. Skill expertise expertise in when I was looking at that list I was like all right well this since motive and the diplomacy ones are okay but that actually that probably works a good deal better yeah and at level eight I'll get a new envoy improvisation so my expertise talents which are based Mm. off that will will get a little different at that point and I just we had money to spend so I got some some personal upgrades I bumped my decks I bumped my charisma Mm -hmm. uh, I I picked up a, a new weapon yeah that is about it but I spent yeah. all uh, week worrying about what to pick. So, 
Good, good. As it should be, because we're starting off a new book. This isn't a mid-book level up where you you still got options and choices and you have some information. You have no idea where you're heading to right now. So let's just dive right in. How about it? Book four, Ruined Clouds. How about it, Patrick? How about it? So this book does not open on Eox, nor the Drift Rider. Not even in packed space. We open up trillions of miles away from from where you all are now. We open in a darkened room on the far side of the galaxy. There we see a, a young alien boy dressed in simple robes. He steps forward into the light of a, a small urn's dying fire, begins to add scavenged combustibles to the flames, which leap up in greens and blues, throwing new shadows against the walls. And there we see thousands of etchings and painted symbols that line the, the inner part of this chamber. Some ancient, others freshly drawn, a mosaic of cave paintings, new and old. The boy moves over to the opposite side of the room and sits at the feet of their master, sitting in a stone chair, dressed in a fine brown vestment, that of an, an elder of their tribe. She wears a scarf wrapped around her head and rests her eyes closed, breathing quietly. The youth knows that she is about to tell a tale, to weave a story of the old times. And so they sit and wait for the tale to begin. Finally, the soothsayer opens her eyes. She stares into the oblivion of the flames and says, We know what we know because of what is told to us by those who came before. As it was related to, to me, so too must you tell these tales to those who come after you. We know the truth within our souls, and we know the lies within our minds, and in this way our spirit is never corrupted, and we endure. Have I told you the story of our origin, how our people came to be here, and how we remain today? Our race was once glorious. When we were young, the stars were our playground, and we survived by creating metal clouds that flew among the heavens. Many were jealous of how wise and productive our homesteads had become, and they brought war to our doorsteps to take what was our own. The weapons we created were only matched by our ancient enemy, but our spirit was stronger, and so we overcame them in a great battle. The wizened oracle stands from their chair and takes a long plank of wood from the fire. She wields it like a torch and lights a segment of the wall with what looks like a depiction of stars and spaceships. The hands that drew these shapes, long gone as it was made with an ancient black engraving tool permanently set into the wall here. We seized from that foe a weapon even greater than our own. It had too much power, enough that even the wisest of our kind feared it to never be used again. It was called many things, but we have heard it called the Stellar Degenerator. Let me tell you its story. A wind from outside that hall feeds the flames and then threatens to blow them out. Darkness envelops the room again as the youth scans the walls for answers to his many questions. His eyes focus in the, the dimming flames on a symbol, one that he doesn't know the origins of, but still understands naturally that it is one of great importance. 
he sees twelve stars arranged in a dodecagon. The fires are extinguished on this scene as the light in Captain's quarters on the Drift Rider flood into Alindra's multicolored eyes. And we're back on the Drift Rider. Rebecca, hey, you had a, a fitful night's rest, but awakened to find yourself in that kind of like haze where you're struggling to remember of what you had dreamt. How yeah, how, how, crazy. how are you doing? Uh, confused. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that she probably wakes up. I mean, I suspect that this felt like a very real dream, right? I mean, like a very vivid, like it was real life. Like it was really happening. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you you may attribute to <laughs> just being out in space too long. You dreamt of aliens you've never seen before, talking about stuff you have heard of before, obviously, the stellar degenerator, but yeah, you don't know don't know what it means. Interesting. Can you tell me what the aliens looked like? Can I remember what the aliens looked like? Make an intelligence check for me. Oh, that's not my best skill, but that's that's why I picked it. 18? Oh, it's pretty good. Right. So, you know, got general features. They're humanoid, kind of skull-like faces, um, maybe reptilian or or some kind of definitely non, non-human looking with a couple of um, mouth clips like mandibles. Pretty, pretty long, pretty lanky, a, a tall, but like I said, not, not any, any race that you've seen before. So your, your time aboard the Drift Rider in, in hyperspace of the of the drift makes it maybe a little difficult to rest as uh, maybe your your natural Castriavellian diurnal clock begins to feel the uh, the immense darkness of space. How how are you enjoying the captain's quarters? They're lovely until they give me bad dreams. <laughs> Do you think Captain Mariko Nash had problems like that? Uh, she was the adventurer who bequeathed to you all this ship and you're sleeping in her bed. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I wonder if I should try sleeping somewhere else tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the, the nicest of the beds. I think he downgraded some of the other rooms as you guys were upgrading other parts of the ship. But you could always it, uh, change the London's. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, you should have done that. I, as I soon assume as that we've done that. Have we not no, done no, that? No, you didn't say you did. No, no one didn't do it. I told me they were. According to, to commercials, the mattress gains, uh, d- doubles its weight every eight years. And how old is that mattress now? Just saying. It's like 100 oh, years old. Thank, thank you for that factoid. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm doing math in my head. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, gross. Brought to you by Purple. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, ha- have you gotten a chance to redecorate? You you did go home to Castrobel, uh since getting the drift rider. Did you did you pull any any tchotchkes from your your room? Yeah, actually, I have a beloved um, scarf that has a print of constellations from the Castrovelian sky hmm. um, that I have draped across my wall. Um, it's it's uh, sort of college dormy, I guess, but Alindra likes it. So it, it's morning time as we start in here on the Drift Rider, and you can hear the others down the hallway. You get, hear Bedros's heavy boots and Nack's voice going on about something. You guys have set a course through a drift space into an, an uncharted star system in the vast. And really all you've got to go on is a name and a single astronomical point in in the star record. No one's ever been there. At least there's zero record you can find of this place having been visited before this Nijior. Sorry, did you say Nijior? Nijior? Can you spell so that for with us? With it with an N like as in like like necrotic? 
yes. You discovered that more than likely the cult of the devourer left at the latest, like a week ago for this need your system. So starting this week's game, we need first Ramy as our pilot. You need to set a course through the drift to, to get out there. Now this is a, this is pretty easy piloting check. I, th I think for you at this point, DC 25. Do you want to go ahead and roll that for me? Sure. So what'd you get miles? Uh, 20, right? So you, as you are setting off, um, you know, escaping the atmosphere, the the thin haze around Eoks. It takes you some time to to put in these coordinates. You just aren't able to find a course through drift space. It, it might be one of the reasons why no one's ever visited there before. It's a long journey, and it, it, it seems off the bat pretty hard to to parse through. There's no real drift beacons nearby. It's just like a, a big empty space in the galaxy. We'll go ahead and roll it for me again. Okay. Uh, 20, yeah, it's not going to do it. Ooh. 36. <laughs> yeah. So you, you learn from your failure, only wasting about like 10 minutes or so trying to, to plot a course, get frustrated, and I don't know, maybe you kick the computer screen, and then it's like, oh, of course. It is, it's going to be a long journey. It, it's probably the most difficult flight path you've ever charted before through drift space. And yeah, you, I don't know, if, if the Cult of the Devour did get there before you, you, doubt that they were able to plot it as well as you've done right now it is still going to take some time so uh, as as you set this course in that you've developed the computer starts doing all the hard maths and it's going to tell us how long th thereabouts the trip will take to get through the drift down to about a few hours traveling this far from absalom's core is going to take a whopping 5d6 days. So, <laughs> wow. You know what that means. I need everyone here to roll a single six-sided dice and then we'll we'll call them out. It's time to have a montage. 6. Andros has rolled a 4. A 2. Nack has rolled a 3. Remy has rolled a 4. Yeah, adding that together, that is just shy of 3 weeks. Aboard the drift rider in drift space. It's 19 days. So, I mean, at the bare minimum, this could have been, what, five, at least five days, but at max, a little, little bit longer than, than that. What, 30 days? So it's, it's a pretty, pretty long one. Uh, right. So you set this course, punch in the, the drift drive and the ship just slips through into the, the nether dimension that, uh, that rests alongside normal space. And inside, you are met with the familiar and still very alien sights of purple and green gas clouds that vary in size from as small as houses dipping past the ship's view screens to some that seem as large as whole solar systems themselves. These clouds are the only points of reference in the, the blackness of the drift and give you all the impression of flying through the atmosphere speeding along at thousands of miles per hour. And at other times, it just seems like the space out there isn't moving at all. And you only know that you are indeed moving by the thrum of the ship's engines. Every day or so that that passes as you travel, you get warnings on the, the ship's computer that there are pockets of, of space or objects that do show up in the, the flight path. On the second day of travel, it's this giant stone monument's head of, of a, a long dead alien race about the size of a small moon on the fifth day you fly past what looks like a debris field made of thousands of geodesic stones 
an asteroid field of these sharp, worthless rocks that light your passage for a few hours before zipping behind you. So we have some downtime to burn through while you're all traveling. The goblins keep themselves busy in this time in the back of the ship. They, I imagine, have some kind of small box fort where they live in, in the engine room with like a sign plaster on the front that reads goblins only. And then another sign like staple below that with a, a smaller hand <laughs> writing that says Andis 147 is okay though. <laughs> uh, they might try and offer some of you in that time uh, to, to break up the monotony, more fight simulation programs that they cooked up for the hack. Nope. And That's most right. of them, you don't want to, you don't want another couple of fun episodes. <laughs> uh, it, it, they're almost all the same now because they, they really liked your performance in the splatter dome. So they just like copied that footage and they're just more and more deadly enemies that they, they sub in for the liquid carbon golem. So they, they really want you guys to try them out. They're like really impressed with like the, the physics engine that they were able to download. I looked over the goblins code and one of them was a monster that only eats Isoki and would go after an Isoki over and over until it was, was dead. And I just didn't think that was fair. I don't know. They actually they make like five of those. <laughs> they, they keep being yeah. like, are you sure you don't want to try this? Yeah. And... Oddly enough, all the monsters all have the same roar. Bork, bork. <laughs> oh, yeah, that doesn't change. <laughs> if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's a goblin thing. <laughs> if it ain't bork, don't go fix it. Um, right, so we got some time here. What do you guys what do you guys want to do? So Alindra would like to I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Andis's bunk um and pop my head in. Hey Andis, is there any chance that you've seen that pirate book lying around? I really need something to do, and Evie the, doesn't seem to know where it is anymore. I thought maybe you had seen it around. Uh, Andis is lying on their bunk, um, looking at the uh, the only photo of themselves that they own. Andis sort of sort of looks at Alindra distractedly and says, "Oh, y- yes, yes, I I think that's in the airlock." Um, don't don't ask me why it's the Alindra, I have a question. Sure, what's up? How well did you know Pasilar? Oh, Pasilar, I it's been a couple weeks since I thought about him. Uh he was my professor and I, I studied alongside him for a really long time, but I didn't really know him on a personal level per se, but he taught me everything that I know. I mean, he's a brilliant astrophysicist, so I mean we spent a long a long time together. Why do you ask? Do you do you happen to know what his focus of study was? Well, he and I were on Kalathu 7. It was this really distant planet, and we were studying the stars, and I don't really know what he was doing on his own. He was a little reclusive while we were there, but... Um... Sure. Al- Alindra, come inside. Would, would you mind shutting the door? Of course. She shuts the, the door. I haven't shown anyone else this, but I've started to consider the things that I don't know about myself, and... This is something I think you should see. And Andis turns the, the photo around to show her uh, the photo of five figures, which are labeled Dr. J. Braskin, E. Passilar, K. Quinn, L. Feldspar, and Andis 146, who is clearly the same body as Andis 147, and says, This was found by the police during the investigation of the abduction of Master Passilar. And I kept it simply because it was a curiosity to me. I've never seen a photograph of myself. But um, the more I look at it, the more I think this is something odd. Because, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a Quinn, 
and there's a feldspar on this ship, and you happen to be the protege of one Master E. Pasilar. Wait a minute. That's you, but this has to be a really old photograph. I mean, that's Master Pasilar? He looks so young. He had all his hair. That's right. <laughs> uh, he had hair, in, hair, hair in all the places you wouldn't think he'd have hair. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, you're lucky this is an audio podcast. <laughs> it's too much hair. <laughs> it, looking at the, the photograph, Alindra, you do see it looks like Pasilar at your age right now. So this like almost a hundred years ago. And wait a second. The caption says that this was the discovery team for Calithu 7. That's where we were. That's where I studied with Pasilar. Indeed. That's I'm very that's why I'm so curious. What was Calithu 7? I don't know. I mean I I just he would send me on these long walks and just to discover things or look at the stars. And I mean, that's where I, my powers first manifested. That's where I became a Solarian of, of sorts. I mean, I didn't know what it was, but that's where it happened. I mean, Kalidu 7 is kind of a big deal for me for that reason. But why was Pasilar there? Why did he spend this amount of time on this strange planet? What was he looking at? What was he looking for? That's what I'd like to know as well. Alindra, I'm not sure how much of this we should bring up to the others, but I'll leave it in your I'll leave I'll leave it to your decision. If you want to bring Quinn and Feldspar in on this, then that's up to you. I, I think that they would like to know. I mean, Nack only just just revealed to us that Feldspar was his last name. I, I this is a big deal, right? I agree. And same with Raimi. I think we ought to tell them. I mean, I don't know who these people are or how they might be related to them, but surely it can't be a coincidence that we're all together on the same ship and match the people in the photo. Yes, I agree. This is quite a coincidence. Miles, Drew, do you want to hop in on the scene? Yeah. All right. So Raimi runs in chasing Mr. McScruffins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking okay, your bath okay, now. You're taking your bath now. Raimi, Raimi. Look at this photo. Read the caption. And wait. Andis, Andis hands the, the photo over. It has someone whose last name is Quinn. Yeah, that's, that's my great-grandfather. But what's he doing in this photo? That's what we'd like to know. I I don't know a whole lot about my, my great-grandparents. And, I mean, clearly there's a lot about my family that I still don't know. But that's you, isn't it? That's certainly what Paslar seems to think. Let's get Feldspar in here. And then Anda sort of uh, uh, personal comms over to Knack and says, Feldspar, can you come to my quarters? Buy, sell, buy, sell. Oh, sorry. I was on another call. Oh, well. <laughs> there was no reception out here. Busy. Yeah, he was talking to himself. <laughs> just shouting. Just shouting in his room. Some, somewhere like, in the When I am a big of, boy and I've got... <laughs> 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 the goblins hang up a phone call in the back of the drift rider and like I don't I don't know what he was trying to buy or sell us but <laughs> it's it's max equivalent of like flexing in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, what's what's going on, Andis? Uh uh can you come down to my to my quarters? And that happens and they show Andis the photo or they show Nack the photo and he makes comments about how he was there and he was there and he was there. Uh, and we're all caught up except for Edros, <laughs> who who's in the hack, fighting fighting more splatter damn fights apparently. 
<laughs> yeah, I, Edris, you yeah. want to come over here and look at this picture? <laughs> so, okay. yeah, let's just assume so, you guys so all for, can have a conversation about it. Does anybody have any, uh, I, any I, ideas yeah. they want to throw? Yeah, out, let or? me let me let me actually let me actually do this this thing. Uh, L Feldspar, I I got to go into my records to, and it, which is going to be tough right now because we're we don't have much communication range out here. But uh, there's a lot of Feldspars. And I can guarantee you, based on, on the way that that would look, that he's a member of my family. And back in the day, a hundred years ago, we were into a lot of stuff, You, but none of it was good. So there's got to be some sort of corporate espionage, protection racket, uh, maybe weapons manufacturing. It's tough to say from here, but I can guarantee you, at least from what I can tell, whatever these folks were involved in, it was not good. Now, that seems to be the case, knowing the connection that Zero Vesh had with my family, and and I don't know how long she was controlling them before I was born. So this this could very well be, like Nax said, really bad. The question I have, though, is who is this Jay Braskin? That's the only one that we don't really have an identification for. Andis, I know that... that- it was a, a different time for you then and a different, well, you then. But anything in any fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a memory you might have about Jay Braskin so that we could, while we're out here, do any research possible. I I don't remember. Patrick, can I try to make a indulgence roll to remember anything about that time? I mean, there have been sort of flickers and flashes. Is there anything about the... Uh, the the background of the photo that is sort of flickering from any, any memories in my mind. Um, why don't, why don't you try a recall information? Um, just okay. a, a general. Um, most any intelligence uh, skill that you'd like to roll. We'll we'll see what comes up. Um, okay. So I'm going to take the opportunity to use my uh, my memory module to roll twice on this. Let's see. Just a straight Did intelligence you roll. You think? Or um, you can roll a skill. Okay. I'll I'll, you... I'll pick maybe engineering. That'd be fine. That's that's okay. intelligence. <laughs> All right, so that'll be a thirty-two. All right, pretty good. As uh, maybe Andis closes their eyes, everyone else on the drift rider they just kind of leave, <laughs> and they're they're in their own mind for a while. And yeah, it you, you just travel inwards, Andis, and and. It feels like you're having a dream, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not the the same kind of waking dream you had uh, a few weeks back of this planet and this lightning storm. But you you open your eyes again, and you are in a laboratory. You have a a number of degrees digitally glowing on a wall behind you. There are workbenches and this long pristine desk with thousands of mechanical parts, kind of arrayed in you know very ordered lines and, and columns. Some so small that they have to be highlighted and enhanced with a, a, a floating holographic matrix around them. There's a sound behind you that kind of gives you a start and you see a human in a white lab coat behind a thick pane of glass. They pantomime an eating motion with their hands and then taps on their wrists. Uh, you see a tag on their, their white lab coat that reads Dr. Braskin. And suddenly you're just overcome with the, the need to get some some nutrition in you <laughs> to sustain sustain your physical form. So Anda stands from this workbench and you see in this vision what's there on the table beneath a, a set of two or three different microscopes. It's an exocortex, maybe half assembled and spread out over a few cubic feet. Hmm. You wake up and realize that you've been out for for a while 
in, in this waking dream. About 20 minutes pass for everybody else. And Andis is just like unmoving, unspeaking that entire time. But you're back now. I, I think I knew him. I don't yeah. know who he was. Braskin. Dr. Braskin. We were colleagues? I was building an exocortex. I, we were friends. We shared meals together. With your engineering check that, that you rolled to recall this, you're pretty sure if this was a vision of Andis 146, that they were indeed a roboticist. They had a, a degree in advanced engineering for robotics. That's right. That's right. I I built robots. I designed them. I. Hmm. What are the odds that that exocortex that you saw being built is the one that's currently installed in your head? I'd say even odds. <laughs> Do you guys want to make a bet right now? <laughs> See, see what comes up later on in the, the podcast. <laughs> uh, right, so not a ton of other information to go on. Besides that, you know, for a lot of you, this is something you probably never even heard of, like great-grandparents and something that happened to Pasilar a hundred years ago. But definitely, definitely something now that we're all on board, you can start to think about it as we continue on. Does anybody have any questions before we move on? Yeah, I had one question about the photographs. So having spent so much time on Kalathu 7, I wanted to know if Alendra could recognize the curved rock formations in the background of the photograph, if that was unique to a particular place on the planet, or if it was sort of all of all over the, the planet's surface. From what you remember, it was, yeah, it was a pretty formless world. It seems like it would have been completely dead, but there was enough oxygen and nitrogen in this very thin atmosphere to to breathe there at least at one point it probably was a alive world but at least when you visited and from what it looks like in this photo it's just a rock okay so these rock formations that are in the photograph are just sort of the way the planet everywhere looks. It's not, okay yeah okay, cool. i have a question mm-hmm can Knack determine any like affiliation of any of the people here? Does he notice any corporate logos, military logos, government uh, emblems, anything like that? You know, for sure, both you and Remy would be able to determine that if a Quinn was involved. I mean, they were basically on Versys like the Rockefellers. Like, if you're in the family, you're in the business. And if you're a part of the business, you have to be part of the family. So if there was indeed... A, uh, a relative uh, of Ramy's, then somehow that corporation was was involved there. So maybe that's maybe that's why they were there. It's hoping to get an astral connection. <laughs> One day we'll find it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that makes sense. They're the bad guys. Patrick would put them there. <laughs> All right. So with the mystery well set for books four, five, and six, let's let's move on. And uh, we, we heard a good deal about you guys thinking up different ways you could be connected to this photo. But what about Edros? Tyler, how, how is your character spending 19 days in, in downtime? <laughs> That's a lot of downtime. You know, one of the things I thought that he would probably be spending some time doing is maybe uh, working with Raimi uh, with his new heavy weapon. You know, Edros hmm. knows quite a bit about heavy weapons. Raimi is he, he's learning uh, as he's acquired uh, this brand new weapon. So maybe he's showing them how to use the automatic firing mode. Maybe they're going through some you know, shooting practice. I don't know. I, I, you know. What do you program into the, the hack, the holographic uh, amusement chamber uh, ah, to, yes. to come at you in waves? <laughs> 
Um, it's basically just wave after wave of like dozens of robobs. <laughs> um, oh, just every time one pops up, it's like, "Hey, how's it going, Ramy?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just smile for the camera, Ramy. Look over here, Ramy. Is that a Quindar logo? Yeah. So you know, teaching him how to brace against the automatic fire and and wiping out waves of of enemies at a time with this beastly weapon. Uh, so I, I think he would definitely be going through that. He. I also got a brand new weapon. He got the plasma doshko, so I think he would be uh, practicing with that, getting the feel of the new weapon. Mm-hmm. But one of the things specifically is I think he would kind of maybe put some, maybe have Andis help him put together a makeshift kind of junk target, a physical one, and kind of get the doshko out and you know maybe start he'll start twirling it around and as he's in with his eyes closed and as he's just moving it he tries to tap into some power that he felt when we were fighting Verakesh on eox mm-hmm. his scales would start to glow and he'd activate that the plasma doshko and fire and electricity arcs from the blades from the makeshift blades on the doshko and just the power of Saren Ray goes through him into the blade, and he would just strike at this junk dummy, just and just blowing it to smithereens with plasma and fire, and just feeling that, and just kind of being amazed. This is the first time he's been connected to the power. You know, back when you know, back on all the way back on Castravel when he pledged himself to Saren Ray. You know, he was just a soldier fighting for Saren Ray, but now he's feeling that come out in these divine with these divine abilities with this divine power and once he's kind of channeled that i think he would sit down close his eyes and just say seven ray i i still have barely any idea what what all this means i have so many questions about my my place this prophecy that our enemies have spoken of and what it means to be your champion i just want to to do the right thing I want to bring the light to wherever our enemies try and create this this evil and this darkness. I just I wish I knew more. I wish I I wish I wasn't just stumbling around and figuring out all these things just blindly. Please, please guide me. So I, I don't know how many times you you break down in prayer, but just about every time you hear the mechanical hum of the the ship's engine maybe one of your crewmates talking down the hallway but there's there's no answer and he just he doesn't understand that i mean he's really happy that he feels this connection but he wants now he wants guidance he's looking for you know power without direction is kind of confusing and it's power he's never had before so he's really confused he feels like he should be this divine force of good but he's never been that before and he's not sure what to do with it and i think he would you know kind of start this this daily prayer we're just asking asking for guidance trying to get a sense of how to exercise Saren ray's will against you know the evil forces we're going against mm. all right from that confusion is edros like angry or do do you push yourself harder in training because of that for sure i mean i think every day he keeps enacting these these the powers trying you know enacting the like his ability to connect to saren ray's power and but but he he, because he keeps hoping to get an answer from that but he's not yeah it every time you try and some of the same thing that happened on eox it's just it doesn't feel the same it feels yeah like you're 
you're, you're just using your own power. Like there's there's not a lot being channeled through you. But yeah, so he would definitely be getting more frustrated and mm. and angry because of that because he just doesn't understand why you know why why can't he do it so maybe day 10 of your your journey or more than a week into it you wake up in the morning ready to maybe train Raimi some more do some more simulations yourself sore from the the previous week's work as you go to the mirror to grab your scale polish close your eyes run the tap breathing in deeply the confines of the ship disappear around you. The, the familiar sounds, the smells. When you open your eyes back up, you're standing on a platform that juts out from this massive tower, and it is perched above a sea of fire, a wall of burning plasma that stretches a million miles on the horizon in either direction. You're you're gone. You're you're somewhere else. W- what would you do? Uh, it's just it's just a sea of plasma, just fire and plasma. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I think he would just kind of look around and, and maybe call out, just Sermon Ray. Any anybody? You definitely are saying something, but there's no sound here because everything is drowned out by you know a furnace of billions and billions of degrees burning directly beneath you. But somehow in that you still hear someone call out from behind you and it feels like a familiar voice it's it's something that you've heard before but it seems really far away in your memory like trying to remember a long forgotten dream and this voice calls out your name when you look back at it all you see is the back of the washroom and all you hear is the cold water running from the tap you're you're back on the drift rider Edros kind of slams his fist down on the bathroom sink. It's just, I was so close. What, what, what was that? And now he's very frustrated for the rest of the day. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> you're, you're no, that's, no, uh, that's okay. Okay. So yeah, the rest of the day goes fairly standard for you, but as you're traveling, you know, knack as science officer, part of your duties, even with all this downtime are to go over the, these uh, analogous scans that Galara brings to the, the crew's attention. So you, you'll pass by heavenly bodies and <laughs> Galara being an AI will give you readouts regarding them, but kind of reconciling them with what they are it is a little beyond her processing. It, it requires a, a smart brain, <laughs> a, a sentient mind. So she brings to your attention about halfway through your journey here. Something a bit odd, a little irreconcilable with her databanks. Uh, as you get to the bridge of the Drift Rider along the port side steel windows of the ship, Nack, you see these massive pink swirling eddies of clouds with a roiling orange thunder alighting between them, just thousands of miles wide. And it's coming up fast along your, your flight plan. Mac, why don't you go ahead and give me a computer's check, see if you can tell what's happening out there. So that's a 15. Do I get any support from the uh, Drift Riders computers on this? Yeah, she has a good amount of information, but even with with you looking at it and the data Galara provides, you, you really don't know what exactly you're looking at. Hey, uh, Andis, uh, you're, you're better with computers than I am. Can, can you take a look at this? Andis comes on the comms and says, I'll be right there and walks up to the bridge. You normally back in the engine room with the gobs? Typically, yeah. All right, just kind of taking care of business. Why don't you go ahead and give me a computer check? I will. It's a 31. 
just I'm a sorry, little yeah. better. I'm sorry. It's a it's a 29. It's a 29. I'm not hacking right now. So, oh, right, right, right. But yeah, believe it or not, that's still enough. <laughs> yeah. So the readouts are just going crazy when you get up here. It does seem like one of these rare instances of a, a bit of non-drift space that is just plunked out of reality and, and dropped here in the middle of nothingness. And examining it, you can tell that it's some sort of section from a, a plane of existence outside of just regular space. Searching your own memory and maybe looking at the computer readouts, it does seem to be a, a segment of the plane of air. So it's a, another plane of existence you know, beyond normal space, beyond drift space that was just pulled from that dimension. And yeah, millions of miles of it is just right there outside your window. Can I ask a point of clarification? Mm-hmm. Plane of air, like A-I-R or like E-Y-R-E something. And breathe that sucker in. <laughs> okay. Didn't know if we were talking about like a god or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, you guys might watch the, the feeds for a bit, but... It's one of those sections that goes by very slowly as it is huge. Anything you want to do? Can I scan it again now that we know a little bit more about it? Yeah. Computer check? Sure. So 22. Right. So you can, well, Andis can go back to what they were doing. But as you're looking over the data and just watching these crazy clouds go by, you know, watching the, the feeds and in, in your computer screens, watching it out the, the actual steel glass window you do notice a a black object it's about the size of a grain of sand against the enormous space scape uh, you know of clouds and as you begin to examine it another one appears and you know a a bright green light uh, flashes on the screen and Galara comes up and says battle stations inbound missile launch detected shields activated and we're in combat Oh, oh, prunk. Taking a look at the info Galara uh, just brought up from your last scan, you guys can get in your war positions. Uh, why don't anybody that has culture, I want to roll culture, give me a check. Anybody that has engineering to identify this this vessel on the hollow scan she's displaying in the center of the room, go ahead and make me those rolls. Okay, what so, a- so culture check, that is a 29. I'm going to go ahead and add my expertise to that, too, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be uh, plus four, which is going to be a 33. Ooh, yeah, and Andis, what was that? What do you roll? What was that, a 29? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Ramy too. Ramy, what do you roll? Yeah, 31. Oh, some pretty good rolls here. Yeah, it's, it's just outside of... Andis 147's kind of ability to identify, but both Raimi and Knack from either reputation or the, the hull design, you recognize this immediately as a Aslanti Star Empire ship, part of the expansionist federation of worlds under the command of humans that left Galerion millennia ago. Oh, prank. Guys, this is an Aslanti ship we're coming up against. They don't typically lose these fights, so battle stations. Yeah, and before you guys can even get there, so they had let loose a torpedo. It's what this other speck that appeared was, and that's what starts off the combat. The shield's just being buffeted, and I don't think I'm going to get through your guys' shields with a single torpedo, but they follow up immediately from, from this long range with a light plasma cannon that also buffets you. So I'm going to roll some of that damage now. There it 
Oh, boy. Oh, come on. What? Holy moly. That's that's how a, a GM likes to start it off. So, 3d6 torpedo. <laughs> I've rolled 666. Six, six. Uh, oh, my. I love... I love dice. I love dice. Before we started recording, uh, Andis uh, reminded everybody about the escape pods, and uh, well, <laughs> you guys went through like some boring safety training with Andis one four seven. Like, when are we ever going to use this? If you're se- <laughs> insert the pl- the Ooh. plug to your space seat. Well, oh, maybe I am going to knock these shields down, so they're hitting your your port side shields. That torpedo does 18 points of damage. Your plasma cannon 2d12 does 21 points of damage. That is to start us off. And as soon as that happens, you receive an all bands transmission from the ship. And uh, a voice calls out over audio only and says, Packed world vessel. This is the fearful symmetry of the Aslanti Star Empire. If you lower your shield and power down your engine, you will not be harmed. You will have the immense pleasure of joining the Empire's vast population across a hundred stars. If you refuse to comply, we will reduce your ship to slag and leave you out here to die. This is a one-time offer. Transmission end. Cut the signal. Can I sense motive on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a couple of goblins in like a rust bucket. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead and, and roll me that. Just how how serious they are about like not just immediately destroying our ship if we drop our shields. That's kind of what I'm worried about. Gotcha. That's a 14 plus expertise is going to be a 15. I mean, yeah. You, it, it sounds like they're pretty serious, and you don't understand why they would send that. Unless they, <laughs> it sounded like an often repeated thing that they have sent. Let's put it that way. So Raimi turns to Alindra and says, "So are we gonna play this the safe way or the fun way?" I'm not sure what you consider fun. Not complying. <laughs> so let's talk about this a little bit. So I feel like I should try to talk to them and understand. I mean, explain that we're here not on purpose, right? I mean, we didn't come looking for these guys. We're just going somewhere else. Knack, I should say, you are pretty certain that they they don't care if you <laughs> if you had a whole school of orphans on board the ship. They're like, well, we just got we got a whole bunch more slaves for Aslanti World number uh, thirty seven. Yeah, they 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 do not care. We we either win this fight or we don't, and that yes. is uh, that's the only thing we got to worry about. We stand down now. We could play the game and see what happens, and maybe still get out of this. We are in drift space after all, but I don't know. This seems uh, seems pretty big gamble, Captain. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking I'm with Raimi. Maybe we should do this the fun way. <laughs> all right, well, that's what Patrick, I like hey, Patrick, to hear. Question. Where did we get hit? Starboard, port side, port. Okay, yeah. and that was 21 plus 18. Correct. So can we can we bolster our shields before we return a response? <laughs> well, let's let's actually before we return a response have Andis figure out how bad off we are from this first shot. Well, oh, the no, shields let, are down and we've taken whole damage. Those of you prone to rolling culture and or our trusty pirate compatriot, why don't you give me a culture check or pirate profession? Pirate profession, go! It's a 20. Nice. Being a so, pirate. 
let's say, uh, let's go with that because <laughs> somehow rolled better than a, a Nat Culture check. Well, I got that. The, uh, yeah, get that. Without the tease. <laughs> no, I want to give it to Tyler. Twenty six, baby. Tyler gets one this episode. <laughs> so, Tyler, you know that the Aslanti always have the best gear on them and are notoriously hard to capture. They run what a lot of pirates call emission protocols, which means that instead of letting equipment, personnel, or ships fall into enemy hands, they execute self-destruct if they think they are about to lose. But capturing their tech fetches higher prices uh, for resale value if you can convince a buyer that is indeed Islanti technology. And Adros, you know of one pirate who has captured an Islanti operative alive. And that was your good friend, Alira Aquana, one of the feats that made her a, a free captain. I see. Yeah. Do I know how she managed to pull that off? Yeah. Well, thankfully, with your pirate profession check, she did indeed drunkenly one night many years ago give you the this great method. And she called it the Rusty Rivet Gambit. And it oh, involves no. losing a space fight, sabotaging your own engine, and fighting the opposing crew in a head-to-head battle. And oh, so like let, letting them board and mm-hmm. then fighting them in the ship? Yeah, and oh, she said it was oh probably boy. the riskiest thing that she had done <laughs> behind the, the, the wheel of the, the captain's chair. Uh, but the way she explained it to you that, you know, it was a great score because not only do they have very high level gear, some really advanced technology not allowed outside the, the Star Empire, but they are known, the soldiers, even base soldiers, to carry these very coveted Aeon Stones, from which the advanced military of the Aslanti draw their name, the Aeon Guard. Oh, dang. So it is up to you all if you guys want to take them on in a space combat. We're trying a little pirate action with what amounts to a reversed boarding action. All right, so before we make this decision, can we scan the ship for life forms and determine how many people are on board? I don't know if that's something you can do. Can you do that? A a science officer action of, um, you know, scan, the basic scan. If you roll well enough, you can tell just by the make of the ship, like what the the complement of the crew is, like how many are on board. That you can do. You can tell what the living crew complement is and ship's classification. If you guys want to do that, then, uh, I mean, anyone that wants to to take over and and roll a a computer's check, you can go ahead and do that. And just jump in here. Yeah, let me let me take a look. Let me take a look at these guys. Oh no! <laughs> uh, that'll be a, that'll be a twenty-seven. So Anda sits down at the the <laughs> SO chair and just freezes. Like you, type, they start typing in some commands, and then they just kind of go blank again. Like when they had gone into this this memory of the, of the Doctor Braskin. And we are in very tight turn order. So if someone else wants to make a computer's check this round, I will sure. allow it. Uh, right. Miles, what's your uh, computer's score? Plus 16. You do this, man. Miles, what did you roll? 30. Right. So you're getting a good amount of information on, on the enemy starship. And I mean, it's pretty big, but from just like the scant records in, in Galara's information banks, this is actually like a scout vessel almost and the the normal complement is two yeah if it changes anything it's actually a 36 on a sensor scan um no but i mean you can i can give you all the information about their 
their weapons and stuff as well. Pretty pretty beefy. They have you know these these turreted torpedoes and light plasma cannons on almost every arc. It's it's well equipped the the ship. So uh, guys, I think and, I know it's crazy, but I I think we should go with what Aquana did. I think we should shut the engines down, make it look like a like some kind of systems failure from when they last hit us on the port side, and ambush them on the ship. You know, there's the fun way, and then there's the really fun way, and that sounds really fun. I'm in. I agree. I can't yeah, believe and- I agree with you guys, but I agree. Let's and do it. And smiles and then just like just like shuts off the engines. So <laughs> like she goes, Let's goes do black. something real dumb. So <laughs> Alright, so it'll be a little more difficult than that. Uh step one here is you do have to ineffectually try and evade the enemy ship. Let it hit you maybe once or twice more. Okay. And if you are trying to to angle your, your shields to not take more hole damage, uh, we can do a couple of opposed piloting checks just very quickly. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. If you if you don't care about hole damage and just wanna take some punches, it will it will be can, a lot more believable. Can I rebalance the shields in the helmed face? Is fine yeah, we, yeah. If we're not doing full space combat, we we won't worry about that until we get there. Cool. Yeah, I'm okay with us. I think we should take the whole damage, but I want to at least like make it seem like we're trying. Mm-hmm. So give me a couple of piloting checks, Randy. Right. Just two. Yeah. All right. Already, so you are able to to outpilot them a good deal and just angle your your aft shield, your starboard side shield, and yeah, they they continue to buffet you. Step two of the rusty rivet gambit is shutting off that power core, but also simulating a failure right after the enemy hits and, and does hull damage. And, and to do that, it will be a DC 25 engineering check. All right. I'll, and you guys I'll can, give it a shot. You guys can gang up together if you want. or Yeah. And does your new ability apply to skill checks, your miracle worker? Not to destroy my ship. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> the, the game developers didn't think that that would be a likely scenario. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, cool. Uh, 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 yeah, but I could I could use an aid just in case. Blumfuzzle aided you. All right, sweet. I rolled fifteen on the dice, so all right, dope. Here we go. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, well, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna <laughs> right, be uh, so thirty three with it with the aid. You get one more uh, plasma cannon that just hits the the aft fin of the ship, uh, burns through it, and then like you know punches the the center bulkhead, and you're able to power down. I make it like flicker a little bit. Yeah. And uh, step three is to signal a total surrender to the other ship and uh, and make them believe you. Uh, I'm on it with the bluff check. You okay with that, Captain? Yeah, do it. Aid him. Uh, Please aid him. Please aid, aid him. Me. Aid me. <laughs> Captain Alindra aiding. Does anybody else want to try and aid with a bluff? I've got some bluff now. <laughs> oh, dear. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you roll? I didn't say. I didn't say. He left us on a rock. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I've got expertise die on bluff. Hang on. Oh, oh maybe, maybe he doesn't need any help at all. Oh yeah, he does. He's okay. Right, no, on. Bluff, bluff is what you took as your new expertise. Uh, no, diplomacy is what I took as my expertise. I've had uh, I've had uh, expertise on bluff oh. for a while. I, I, I thought you I had to help. No, no, no. We're oh. we're good with uh, <laughs> just the twenty-one. From- <laughs> That's 
hilarious. Like, Alindra comes up, I don't know if you're, like, pretending to limp or something, and Andes is like, oh boy, our ship's broken! <laughs> I, imag- I imagine uh, Andes in this, like, the uh, the uh, pack lids from that episode of uh, Next Generation. Um, exactly, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, man. Uh, right, so w- what, do you, what do you say, Nick? You, you can send out uh, a picture, you can send out just audio. Please, we're we're leaking plasma. We've got containment fields down. Just we surrender. We surrender. We'll we'll give you anything you want. All right. So, with that, the enemy vessel, this fearful symmetry, comes up alongside the drift rider, and you can't see inside, but they kind of come up on their on their starboard side and your port side. So, they've like just passed the the front of your ship and. Yeah, what what would you guys like to do? Uh, so we I know think we that- ought to get in marching order toward that door, right? Yeah, so we're in. We Can know we- the, the ship better than than anybody else. Can we like hide in corridors and like ducts and hidden passages right. and things like that? Yeah, it's been a I while mean, since see- a, a fight on the drift rider. So Andis is hiding in the bathroom. Okay, you guys can yeah, just call out where you'd like to go. Um, as the captain, I think that I ought to be there to greet them as they board the ship. Yeah, maybe you could board them and take them in, like take them up to the bridge, and I could hide down in the gunnery hole and then like pop out and take them from behind. Sure. I also feel like a hallway fight with Alindra's blazing orbit might be beneficial. Sure. Maybe. And, and might not damage the systems and the bridge that we actually yeah. need to fly the ship. Remy's gonna pop up at the other end of the hallway so that Alindra's in sight. Uh, on the bridge, but that way he might have a clear shot if he needs to to shoot his weapon or magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nack and Alindra, you guys were the ones talking to him, so you should probably both be there to greet them, I think. Alrighty, so you guys have set yourselves up around the Drift Rider. In a, in a few places, we got Andes in the in the restroom. Raimi, you're you're <laughs> hiding out in the captain's quarters. Looks like in in Alindra's room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very matter of fact. So, Alindra, where where are you coming? Where are you going to be? I am standing next to the door of the airlock to greet this guy as he boards the ship. Alrighty. So, um, Galara might come up with uh, some information. Exterior airlock hacked. External door opened. And from inside the airlock, you can hear metal boots clinking your way on the, the steel floor, walking forward, and there's just a very slight, sharp knock, single knock on the interior airlock door. Can I uh, say to our compatriots, if we're only hearing one set of footsteps, I'm thinking, we think there are two people on that ship. We should, we should wait until the other one comes aboard. What would you like to do, Alindra? She takes a deep breath and composes herself and opens the door. So you are met with a humanoid, uh, by all accounts a human, but in complete armor. This bright green, highly advanced, tech-laden suit of armor with a, a single red eye uh, as like a where, where one's visor might be inlaid with a couple of Aeon stones in, in this this helmet, uh, carrying a, a pretty advanced-looking rifle, and you hear uh, projected from this thing's helmet, it says, On the ground, weapons out, full submission. Points its gun at you. Okay, uh, Alindra lays her guns down. <laughs> 
uh, Nack, the, the same to you. Uh, Nack actually speaks Ezalanti, responds with a, I'm unarmed. Please don't hurt me and don't notice my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Funny um, that you mentioned that. It does, does, when you pat down in the Soki, do you start at the face? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. You like, you, you cup the cheeks and you just kind of <laughs> have to squish them around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It comes up to you, Knack. And if you, are you dropping weapons? Uh, I'm not holding any weapons, so I'm not dropping anything. Right. So it uh, puts the rifle at its side and pulls out a laser pistol, pretty advanced looking one, and shoots you in the leg. Uh, didn't even get to bluff check. Uh. <laughs> uh, only 12 points of, of damage, but yeah, it burns a hole clear through your thigh, and it, it just repeats the same thing. Weapons out on the ground. Full submission. Uh, Nack pulls out his uh, semi-auto pistol and puts it on the ground. Who's captain? I am. He pulls out a set of uh, of manacles for each of you and, and throws them on the ground. It says, put them on. Who else is aboard? No one. It's just us. Do you want to see the bridge? First, we got to make that bluff check, Rebecca. It's a 20 oh, Nice bluff check. <laughs> Ooh. Don't you don't you lie to me? Okay, so <laughs> they have like nothing in sense motive, so they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> show me to the bridge. Do you have anybody else on your ship? Do you want to invite them aboard? <laughs> Why yes, we do. Do you have cheese and crackers? <laughs> Oh my god, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, Please, it, come this way. <laughs> as, as you're walking forward, it makes a, another shot and misses you. It just scores a, a hole in the uh, floor of the, the drift rider and says, I asked the questions. Turn over master control to me. And that's like some computer commands, you know, given, given captain's control. Uh-huh. Uh, Nack think, oh. thinks really hard in Lindra's direction to hope that she psychically picks up on this. <laughs> I mean, you can send a uh, a message via bluff to you know try and send like a secret message, yeah. just like whispering into comms. Can I don't know that we're going to get the other guy on the ship. Can we just kill this guy now? I think we ought to. Alindra pulls out her solar weapon and can I attack this guy? Yeah, let me make a perception check first. Oh boy! Oh boy! Perception! Wow! Why? Why do they have such terrible perception? Yes! I rolled, I rolled <laughs> a six on the dice. I think even with like a a base stealth move, uh, they're not going to get to act in this initiative roll. So go ahead and make a single attack, and that's going to be our surprise round. Surprise round! Surprise! That's a thirty-one Ooh. to attack. <laughs> oh, that's going to hit. That so is going to hit. And I'm going toward photon attunements. So that's twenty-two damage. I'm going to go ahead, and now that combat is initiated, make my initiative roll. And as you guys know, I do these publicly, <laughs> so you're going to get to see it. Duh. Oh, boom. 17. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. We are in normal turn order. Top of the turn order. <laughs> Nearly a natural 20 on that initiative roll before we started playing. <laughs> is that... Feldspar. Uh, so I noticed that they have gone into the bridge and there's a door there. Is that door open? Yeah, it's still open. Okay, cool. Um, uh, this pronking pronk is in our bridge. Get him! And 
I've dropped the semi-auto pistol, but I'm gonna swift action draw out the Corona laser pistol and take a shot with a get mm. on top of it. So that is gonna be a 28 to hit. That's a hit. For Ooh. six damage. Ooh! Right, yeah, burning them in the back. Getting, getting them back for that <laughs> laser blast they gave you. Next in our turn order, you hear the sound of multiple laser blasts. Linger shouting. It's Andis 147. All right, let's see. I'm going to use my new feet shot on the run. I'm going to run out into the hallway and take a take a shot at this guy and then Petit. move in. Okay. So this is going to be without without tracking. Oh, this is so cool. That's such a cool feat. All right, here we go. That's a 24 to hit. A 24 against EAC, that is a hit. Yes. All right, that is 18 points of damage. Ooh. Blast and then, wow! And then, uh, and then, uh, stepping on through into full cover here. All right, so you move into the port side airlock, finishing mm-hmm. off some of your movement. Next is Edros Ferranis. All righty, Edros is going to pop out of the manhole, and <laughs> the doors are open to the bridge. He can see the 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 bad mama jamma, and he's going to charge right at him. Oh boy! Whoop whoop! <laughs> manhole, and, and he is. Right. Okay. And uh, he's going to make a single attack with the brand new plasma dish. Oh, that's a 20. Uh, but you're also flanking with the Lindra, so... Oh, 22. Both EAC. That's a hit. Yes! Yes! Barely! You're getting off with a warning this time, mister. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, warned. So, now, 17 so I... points of damage. 17 points, electric fire. Yeah. So... Hopefully all that goes through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys are shooting this guy up, cutting him up. It did seem like this armor was providing a, a good amount of resistance to Alindra, your, your slashing energy weapon. But yeah, you bury this Plasma Doshko in its shoulder. He, he reacts about as well as anyone would in that, that uh, situation. Very unhappy, and it's their turn. So this Aeon Guard figure surrounded by a Lindra and a Dross, definitely where I did not want to be, <laughs> is going to... Yeah, boy, not a lot you can do in this situation. It's going to guarded step forward onto the bridge next to Alindra. And while it's moving, it's going to just drop the, the pistol he had out and uh, with the, the free hand, pull out a, a really sharp, serrated-looking knife and goes in about mid flank trying to cut up your your ribs cut right through your armor alindra what is your kac 23 yes for old real poorly but yeah it seemed like that was a feint and uh, the blade was actually coming like for your neck you're able to jump out of the way like at the last second it was trying to just bury it right into your helmet uh definitely got some tricks up this aeon guard's sleeve Alrighty, that takes us to your turn, Alindra Vallis. Alright, I'm I'm gonna just stay here and full attack. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Probably not gonna strikes. work out very well because Kate Flashing is strikes. Because, you know. All right. Flashing strikes. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Oh. Holy crap. Oh, right. oh. oh where's, where's my air horn? I hate all of you guys. 
boy. All right. All right. So tell me, tell me what the damage is here. So obviously right. that is a critical hit. Yeah. So it'd be 24 damage plus 14 damage plus four burn. Jeez Louise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't ask for some arithmetic problems. I'm not back in the second grade. 24 <laughs> plus 14? Yeah. Plus what? So four burn. Plus four burn. So for the eight regular damage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good amount here. Alright. And now I'm I'm into some some long addition for the damage it's taken. The damage it's <laughs> taken right now. It's like long division, but like you, you put them together instead. Oh, it's two double-digit numbers I have to add. It's usually not this <laughs> I guess it's a good thing I don't crit very often. Yeah. <laughs> so <Thank> goodness. <laughs> yeah. And you I hate to take your, your solar blade and in this first attack, drop this guy to the ground. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Oh man! All right, let's go kill his buddy. Let's get uh, the, let's get in his Lanti ship too, guys. Come on, we can yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, neck, neck. You definitely heard this guy's voice, right? You got that vocal modulator, right? Uh, I'm already tuning it. Oh yes! <laughs> oh my uh, god, Ramy, it's your turn, away. and you hear on the comms besides the 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 battle screams of Avenger murdering someone. <laughs> The goblins screaming from the back of the ship. Intruder! Intruder! Oh, somebody came into the other port. We gotta oh, hustle down there. What would you like to do, Mara? Guess go investigate. So I I I, I moved down the hallway towards the goblins. Yeah, so that'd be in this direction. Yeah. To the aft side of the ship. Oh, so you you can actually uh, from here from one movement away down to here and see at the from there you can see about 60 feet away another one of these Aeon Guard their guns trained on you down the hallway and as you open up that door it takes a shot then I don't open the door (laughs) what is your KAC my KAC is 22 so that is a hit I've rolled a 14 on the dice this is gonna hurt so it hits you, and it is a, a jacketed round that pierces your armor, your your new armor that you just got. Let me roll that damage. All right, so pretty average damage on this roll. It is uh, 14 points of damage. And uh, okay. yeah, it, it sounds like a, a mag gun being kind of warmed up, some, some really high tech, and it just puts this slug right through right through your, your armor. Uh, we are still in initiative turn order miles you've moved you may take a standard action still all right oh well since it's just me and this fellow i am going to cast arcing surge oh boy oh, what, have, what have i done to myself oh, no. <laughs> oof. oof and that is 28 damage it does get a... Oh, please tell me it gets a reflex save. Yes. <laughs> and if it has spell resistance, it has that as well. Reflex save for half damage. So reflex save allows for half on arcing surge. That is a DC 18 I'm trying to hit here. So I can lie. This is very possible for me to mess this one up. Let's roll. Good, Patrick. Yay! Oh, oh, son of a... 19 on the dice, which means he nimbly jumps out of the way of this bolt. And it hits like 
every side of the corridor, bounces back and forth. He dodges out of the way of all of it. Wait, all of it? You thought you only took half damage. Uh, yeah, this this guy is uh, a trained operative soldier and does have the evasion quality. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, if they would normally uh, get a partial effect on a save, it, instead, it, there is no effect. All right, so, yeah, they, they've leapt out of the way, and we are back at the top of turn order. Turn two next, Zizrak, you hear a lightning clap at the aft side of the ship and can see both of these doors in, in the middle of the, the drift rider are open. You can see another guard, boy, almost 100 feet away. Can I pick up my semi-auto pistol as a part of me running? A move action. Uh, as part of me running down the hallway? Unfortunately, no. Yeah, it'll take a, a whole action to uh, to pull that up. Uh, move action. Okay, um, I'm just going to have to leave it there then. Um, hmm. So I'm going to move just a few paces down the hallway to make sure that I am in range of a particular fun little ability that I do. Uh, so I'm just going to move about 20 feet down and get him and shoot him with my Corona laser pistol one more time. I was about to say, can I guess what this ability is? Yep. <laughs> what a fun little ability uh, except is. Except I am actually going to spend an RP so that we all get plus two damage in addition to plus two to hit to this guy. So you do nice. have to be within 60 feet, correct? Uh, yes, which I am with that move, I believe. I think if you I need to move, move just a little, little bit closer. Uh, did I not do that math right? Uh, let's see. It's quite all right. You are there now. Go so, ahead and make that attack roll. So that is a 21 to hit. Against what? Uh, uh, EAC? It's, it's Corona Laser, so it would be ESC. That is a miss. Oh! Ah! Yeah. Oh, they were so close. We're right on the cusp there. Oh, this one might have a little better luck, a little longer life. Andis147, uh, you hear shooting coming from the aft. All right. Andis is going to spin around, run back out down the hall, and then pop back in and say, excuse me, Mr. McScruffins, but <laughs> uh, while they're still in the hall, they're going to take a shot. Again, no tracking on this shot. Got it. Gotta hope it's very good. Ooh, that's a eighteen. <laughs> Six on the dice is not quote unquote very good. <laughs> not gonna not gonna cut it, so Andis just pops into the room. Oh, thank you guys for taking pity on me. Andros for honest. Andros is gonna get to do something cool. He's gonna get to do something cool here. He's going to move forward as just a regular move action, uh, so that he is up next to Raimi. And then as his Standard action. Uh, we're gonna charge at this guy. You have way too much movement. What is happening here? <laughs> oh, um, Edris, I'm pretty sure that charging is a full action. Unless oh, not for a, not for a blitz soldier. Oh, oh. oh well. I get I get the same benefits as Stellar Rush, uh, meaning that I can charge <laughs> as a standard action. Well, how and, do you do? And before we left Eox, Edras had a few upgrades put into his legs. He has 45 feet of base. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's way too much. <laughs> yeah, cut, yeah. I'm gonna cut one of them legs off. <laughs> Go ahead and make your attack roll. <laughs> All right, Plasma Doshko coming at you. And wop, wop, wop. Yeah. You, t- you pick your three, <laughs> the, the number you've rolled here on this D20, you take it off my digital table. Because that's a miss. <laughs> Alindra Vallis, 
<laughs> so Alendra would try to do the same and show Jaws how it's done, but Nack is in her way. So, <laughs> and Ra- so. actually, Ramy yeah. more in your way. Nack and Ramy, there's a lot of people in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, Nack and Ramy are both in my way. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna uh, go back to the airlock and pick up my guns that I dropped. And Ramy Quindar, we're back to you. How fast was that? Uh, well, since I still have a perfect line of sight, I'm gonna try arcing surge once more. Yes, oh boy. Do oh it. boy, that's a, that's a little close to Edros for my like. Yes. <laughs> Well, All right, a little too. more damage. Let's see what happens on this reflex save. Is, is it going to be able to jump out of the way twice? Fail. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, dang it. 12 on the dice. You are not going to zap me. <laughs> good, sir. I said good day, sir. <laughs> All right, this thing. Oh, boy, he's got he's got someone really close here. Remy, do you still have a move action that you can do after taking a shot? Yeah. I might oh. move out of the way of Alindra. <laughs> Oh, don't you worry about that, because this guy is indeed going to five-foot step, maybe a quick guarded step backwards here. The Aeon Guard. Guarded step backwards into a a side corridor out of the firing solution of the entire party. It's going to make a a quick attack, pulls out another laser pistol, and is going to uh, shoot at a dross. What is your EAC? Tyler. My EAC has increased thanks to a new armor purchase. So your new goal here is 23. Okay, I have rolled a hit. Darn it. Yeah, looks like it's trying to shoot you in the leg. Uh, but yeah, it scores a ooh, direct hit right on your the, the center of your chest plate. Uh, a very painful shot with this pistol. Let me roll that for you. Ooh. Good, good damage roll there. So that is 14, and then yeah, it just seems to sneak right under, it, like right between the cracks in the armor. Just right there between like where the, the shoulder meets the, the chest. And so that is 14 points of damage. And then you're going to take an additional 16 points of damage. It's 30 in total just from a, a little laser blast. Well placed. That is flame damage. Cool. And Adra says a little thank you to Tahoman for giving him that uh, thermal capacitor as it soaks up some of that heavy damage. Alrighty, and back to the top of the turn order, Nax is rack. Uh, is gonna move down here. Adras, we we destroyed one of these guys. Let's get the other one. Inspiring boost. Here's a 19 stamina back. Awesome. Thank you. Alrighty, and and it's 147. Okay, so no get them right now, right? Correct. Okay. So we're just popping out here. We're gonna go one, two, three, four. Uh, so I'm gonna run down to just in front of Knack and then sort of take a knee and target Aslanti <laughs> soldier. Alright, so you can just barely see it to to hit that target. It's in tool concealment, but your computer does get a lock. All right. And we're back to Adros Veronis. Adros is going to just take a guarded step so that he is kind of within the same line of the Aeon Guard. And then he is going to take total defense in his turn. Alindra Vallis. Alindra's just going to run toward this person. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So you you pop up right there in the the door frame and uh, still holding on to the rifle, still holding on to a pistol that it, it has drawn. And quick as whip, we're back to Rami Quindar. Hmm. Let's see. So if you do move forward, you will be able to to see it, but you do have to get like kind of where Knack and Andis is, be able to even peekaboo at this guy. Okay. 
Um, so I can move here and I can see him. Uh, yep, yep, right, right behind Alindra, right in front of her, I should say. Right. I'll cast Magic Missile. It's an old code, sir, but it it, uh, it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> an oldie but a goldie. Uh, so 11 points of damage. No reflex save on that. Uh, so yes! It, it's actually going to be a little bit less than that, because moving with the Magic Missile only does 2d4, unfortunately. But uh, 9 points of damage. A couple of them knock into the the armor. Maybe a little bit gets soaked up. Uh, Alindra, you can make an attack of opportunity because it's actually going to move uh, out of here, backwards, back into the engine room. And as these doors open, you hear some some goblin screams (laughs) coming coming from the back uh, and some very disorganized junk laser fire. Okay, so Uh, that was a 25 to hit. Against its... Hey, I see. That is a hit. Yes. That's going to be 29 damage. Okay. Wow. What am I doing with my life? Uh, <laughs> so the, the armor soaks up a, a little bit of that, but it doesn't matter. That's a lot. And it's actually, oh, it might have tried to shoot at draw still, but I think it's going to go for Alindra after after that hit. It's going to fire this pistol at you. Oh, five on the dice. Uh, I, I imagine your EAC is, is pretty good right now. 21. Oh, maybe I will hit. So it's going to try the same trick attack against you. So if I can roll high enough here, you are indeed flat-footed as it might shoot at a non-vital organ. Like it might try and shoot your hand that's holding the, the energy weapon. So I roll a five on the dice. And with its bonus with this pistol, uh, that is just going to be a hit. Just barely. This one with a, a laser pistol uh, does score a pretty damaging hit right Right where you're, you're holding on to the the vibrating energy of your uh, your sword, it is 32 points of flame damage. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, this this trick attack, and that is its turn. Bringing us back to Nax Israk. All right, Nack is going to move down here to just in front of Alindra, uh, and once again get him with that RP. I'm doing it again. I know it's a bad move, but we're just going to try it. And uh, Corona laser pistol this mofo, this mo pro, excuse me. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, that's a twenty to hit. Against DAC, that's a miss. <sighs> yeah, so close, so far. Andis one four seven. All right, Andis. Though they are shooting through, uh, full cover provided by Raimi is going to spend their move action to. Uh, adjust a couple of wires on their laser rifle and use Miracle Worker to add plus two to attack and plus two to damage. So um, with Getem, I'm hopefully overcoming the the cover. So, right, is is Miracle Worker free action? It is a move action. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, So single attack. Yeah, so single attack here. All right, here we go. That's going to be a 24 to hit. Ooh, that's a hit. Yes. All right. That's going to be 15 points of damage. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to Edros. All right. So this guy's moved on down the hallway. Uh, does Alindra go before him or after him? Who's going after me? Alindra Vallis is immediately after you. All right. I'm going to hold my turn until Alindra goes in there and blows up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you heard him, Melindra. <laughs> <It's, laughs> 
Pressure's on, man. She can do whatever she, she can do whatever she wants, but I'm gonna wait until after her decision because I see her glowing, angry and glowing. <laughs> I am angry and glowing at this point. All right, I am going to move right next to this person. Don't kill the gobs. <laughs> oh, right next to the power core. Oh boy. <laughs> oh gosh, this is making me nervous, y'all. <laughs> I can move oh. a little farther away from it. Okay, um, but still within range. Yeah, and use supernova. Alrighty. That's Thirty damage. But same thing, reflex save. Um, go ahead and what's that DC on the reflex save? Are we up to nineteen now, or? I don't know, actually. Um. Let me make it easy. I'm gonna roll and see if we need to figure out exactly what it is. Uh, no, oh. nineteen on the dice. Jump right out of the way of this explosion. <sighs> Blast the power core, but it misses this guy completely. Edros Varanus, your turn. This dude has dodged almost 90 points of damage. Mm, uh, that. You yeah, guys should play an operative uh, at some point. Gosh. All right. Edros is going to move into a position uh, where he has a straight line and do the same thing he has done before. Use it to charge in. Next to the power, this power core has taken a ton of damage. So uh, you, have, you have to charge into the, the nearest square, so. Oh, thank you. Very, very correct. And he's going to make his single attack with the plasma dosh. Oh, I think that's going to do it. 25. 27. That is a hit. Yes. 22 points of damage. All right. Yeah. So you lay into this thing, same as its friend. It's it's not doing great. Raimi, we're back to you. Well, uh, everyone is in my way, so I can't do a spell. Sorry. Boot up a little bit. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, do a reg- regular attack with my X Gen gun. Okay, pulling out that heavy weapon. Mm. Ooh, nine on the dice. That is against, it's against KAC. It's a piercing attack. It's gonna be a miss. Team, get him. Uh, all right, uh, Edros, you can make an attack of opportunity because this thing is going right out the airlock. Oh, crap. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's not, I don't know think it's going to do it. It's going to be a 21. Nope. Oh, no. It, oh. it pushes its way uh, through both the doors. You hear them open and close. You hear a metal clanking sound on the outside of the, the hull of the ship. Oh boy. I've got this, guys. Don't worry. I can, I'm, Hooray! I've rolled a one on this thing's acrobatics check in zero G. It does have a plus 20, so <laughs> there's no problem there. It's uh, with its uh, the mag boots and its armor. It's you know just taking a stroll out there on top of, of your ship. Uh, do you want to give chase? Yes. Uh, who, who's going outside? Because me, Alindra, and I have gravity boost. Can we can we fast forward? I imagine everyone is wanting to move that direction, but Alindra and Adros, you're the closest that can take some action next turn. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and um, let's do Alindra first. Uh, so you're able to get outside. Do you want to go towards? Gravity uh, attunement and yeah, I'm gonna go toward graviton attunement, but also use gravity boost. Uh... Go ahead and make me an acrobatics check to to walk on the the metal hull of the the ship. Get a little bit of a bonus from acrobatics from your... or athletics. Uh, oh, maybe it is athletics. Now that I think about it, uh, I hope they... so. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so athletics long since we better. had some some zero g space. It, it, yeah, EC yeah. twenty. So basically, okay, you right. can you can try and walk on the hull of the ship with acrobatics, or you can try and pull yourself along with some some handholds and, and kind of kicking off with your boots with the athletics. 
Okay, great. So with gravity boost, I get one third of my Solarian level, which would be two, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's doubled because I'm attuned to Graviton. Awesome. So that would be a four. So I rolled a 23, so that would be a 27 to athletics. Yep, so that is enough. Uh, you are able to uh, get out there and see this thing about 40 feet away from where he popped out of the the aft starboard hull. And you still, at this point, have a standard action. Okay, great. And can I get up next to him? Or no, he's 40 feet away. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to use my uh, laser pistol Corona. See how that goes. Take a shot. Ooh. It's a 26. That is a hit. Awesome. <laughs> Minimum damage, but it's all right. Uh, it's a seven damage. So its armor oh, does not soak this up. And next is Adros Veronis. If you want to try the same maneuver to get out on the exterior of the ship, out in space, you can. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't want to. You see, because you watch as Edros just sprints out onto the hull of the ship, his suit activating to protect him from zero G. And as he turns and sees this guy, he just sprints right at him because Edros brought mag boots and he's just running along the hole like nobody's business. <laughs> what exactly are mag boots, good sir? This is in the Pact Worlds book. These are brand new. Mag boots allow you to move your land speed in zero G. No checks. Nothing. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, so you're you're uh, clamping down on the hull of the ship, and yeah, it's, he's about forty feet away. What you doing? I do not. I, I I doubt I am allowed to make a charge across the hull of a ship. Does not seem like it would be possible. What do you think, Jim? I mean, it's a the pretty smooth kind of uh, hull right above the engines in the aft. It's not necessarily difficult terrain. So then I'm charging him. Make that attack roll. Oh yeah. I'm so glad I bought those boots. Come on, attack! Oh my gosh, bad attack! <laughs> Why am I rolling so terribly? Oh no, that that's a six miss. on the die. <laughs> ah! The good news is you get an attack of opportunity because he <laughs> is definitely running away from you, <laughs> like full right. full tilt at this point. So go ahead and make that oh, attack roll, please. I just want to be as cool as Alindra one time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 31! That's a little bit better. Yeah, that's a hit, at least. Ah, uh, oh, sweet. I don't think this will take him down with only 17 points of damage, because I rolled a 3 for my damage dice. Yeah, it does not. Uh, it yeah. kicks off of your ship and into an an open airlock. It, it moves its its maximum distance, jumping from the, the port side uh, aft wing of, of the Drift Rider. And I can tell you, it is not long after that Galara comes up with a announcement. Enemy ship cool breach detected. Explosion imminent. Fly away! Yeah, get inside. Get inside, Adros. I mean, yeah, just start going. You, you're not going to knock me off. So just start going as I get inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's frightening. Miles, why don't you go ahead and give me a piloting check? All right. Actually, I don't think that's the right. Yeah, it is. I'm going to go ahead and make an engineering check to boost our speed as well. Mm -hmm. All so, right. Yeah. That'll do. Not using the, the ship's main engine because that is still powered down, but just your maneuvering thrusters with a, a piling check of 27 and uh, some boost from Andis 147. Uh, you are able to break the very flimsy umbilical between the ships and put some distance between you and it. You can watch as a, a colorful fireworks display of explosions go off 
uh, amid these huge pink clouds and the five or six explosions spell out uh, a couple of words in the night sky and i think you probably understand <laughs> what they they say the explosions spell out to be continued oh. Oh. Wah, wah, wah. i'm so sorry guys i failed you patrick how many hit points did he have left was it die of a chance oh wouldn't you like to know tyler i uh, would love I'm- to know Actually, if if you had hit on that charge, it's very possible you could have killed him. Oh. We'll never know. Oh. He, they oh. are space dust at this point, but oh. you have the corpse of the other soldier armor, weapons, and all at your disposal. Yes. And we're going to find out exactly what they are next week. Yes. All right. I'm looking forward Huzzah. to it. I love this start of book four. <laughs> I, I would have been happy with a space combat or this this boarding action. I love fighting on ships. It's so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll dive back into the ruined clouds next week when we are back. Until then, thank you guys for playing with me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And why don't we say bon voyage, everybody? Bon, bon voyage, everybody. everybody. Bonjour, no. 